And they're living on the streets. Vehicles, a white van, unknown license. I've seen a flying saucer. Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Lost Frequency Podcast, and today we had on an author, his name was George Lunsford, and um, he wrote a couple books um, that I think you guys will find fascinating. And I'm Rye from the Lost Frequency Podcast. You forgot to introduce us. Oh, yeah, the Lost Frequency, yeah, we're live. My name is Tom. <laughs> and I'm Rye. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And sometimes. Sometimes yeah. we'll have some hiccups. That's that's part of it. Yeah, but this uh, this gentleman that we had on today, he was um, he was very funny. Uh, I found him. I found that his book to be uh, that his book would be something that I'd act, that I would actually buy. Yeah, it was, it was chock full of like whole plethora of uh, of stories. You know, like that one he said he had at least five stories per state. I thought I thought it was eight. I, I, Something I like that. It could have been like yeah, that. So, and plus, um, like e- either uh, way, that is, he had. He, it's a lot. That book was was full. You know, it was a encyclopedia. Which is something we don't really use much anymore. No, and 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 I also thought it was really cool that he knew that we were recording from Mexico, uh, in case you forgot. And he did a couple, uh, definitely one story about a giant owl. I think it was. Yeah, that was the it was the witch that changed into a giant owl. Right. And it was like a <laughs> protector of um, women and children. Yeah, and um, it definitely uh, made my hair stand up. I was like, they have that down here. <laughs> I, well, I, ton, lots of owls, but I've never actually heard of a, this story of a giant owl. And then he also talked about, uh, or should we talk about this? We let, let's maybe let's let leave our a little listeners. bit of a cliffhanger for our listeners. Yeah. Yes. Right? I mean, yes. That's, that's well, the... we'll see. There's a giant owl in the stories to come. Yeah. And uh, by the way, remember, if you want to contact us, how do you do that, right? Well, if you want to contact us, you're going to contact us via email. The Lost Frequency Podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook. And I've actually changed our group now to be the Lost, Lost Frequency, Frequency Podcast. Podcast. Yes. yes. This would be a lot easier. It flows like that. Or you can contact Tom, yeah. Franklin, or or Rye. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you speak for me, I'll speak for you. Let's yeah, do that. I, I thought let's, let's try it. Let's, let's switch it up. Yeah. But apparently, again, there was a little bit of a hiccup there. But I, I, I didn't uh, let you know in the beginning. I just expected you to know what I was going to do. And I also want to go to uh, tell the people who have already contacted us with your stories. We really appreciate them. And uh, um, some of them are really good. So I also want to say to the people who have already contacted us and um, have sent us our stories that a lot of them will definitely show up on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you and we'll have you on. So if you guys uh, out there in uh, Podcastville want to contact us, Please do so because we're looking forward to them. Yeah, like there is, we got a lot in the wing, um, in the wings, I guess you would say. Um, so many and fantastic stories. Like I, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit, you know, it's like, okay, I need to find more time so we can actually interview more of these people because it's just so many uh, fantastic, amazing stories. So like like Tom said, you know, contact us, please reach out. You know, it's we're always looking, no matter how many, no matter how many that we have sitting, you know, we always want more. We always want to hear your stories because, you know, we want to hear them mm-hmm. and we want you to like, tell us about them. You know, sometimes it, like one of our, one of our guests actually told me, he's like, it made me feel better to get this off my chest, you know, and to have people who believe me. Oh, and we're, yeah, we're, I, I, we're therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're therapeutic. I, yeah. I agree. And, and then it gives strength and power to the other people who've had these experiences. Like, am I nuts? No, 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 dude. It's yeah. there's other people out there. Yeah, there's a lot. And, and George has a lot of these. I'm sure if you go through his books, his books were Monsters of the World Reference Guide and Legends of Myths, Monsters and Ghosts the USA Edition. These are the ones that have been put out by a new publisher. And yep. he also has a couple other books that you guys can check into. And uh, yeah, so strap yourself in, grab yourself your cup of tea. Grab and some remember, popcorn. Excuse me, popcorn. Sure, yeah, why not? You got some cheese powder. Uh, what? That's the kind I like. No, I actually like the barbecue. I like a, this barbecue flavoring, not cheese, but I like this barbecue flavoring. So I guess I'm a little bit white trash, but sure. 
<laughs> Cheese powder. Yeah. Uh, Anyhow, so grab your cheddar popcorn or your, what was the one you like? Barbecue. Ca- barbecue, ca- uh, caramel, depending on which part of the country you're from in the USA. And remember, you're listening to the Lost Frequency Podcast, where we put the periphery in the focus. All right, it's Ryan here and Tom again with uh, the Lost Frequency Podcast, and we're here with George Lunsford. Uh, George, tell us a little bit about yourself and where our listeners can find you. Hey, I'm, I'm George Lunsford. I'm an old fat man. <laughs> uh, I'm just an old country boy. Uh, I'm writing books right now. I used to do some acting for about 15 years. I used to build explosives for the government. I'm a facility maintenance guy. I'm just kind of a little bit of everything. And so a jack of all trades kind of thing. Reminds me of myself. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'm just here to promote my books and uh, we'll talk about them, I guess. Of course, we can always talk about ghosts and UFOs and all that as well. But, you know. Yeah, that sounds good. Awesome. Awesome. So where can our listeners find your books? My books are on Amazon. And this publisher, I've got two books out. And the first one is Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts, the USA edition. And in this book, there's about eight stories or more for every state in the United States, plus Washington, D.C. There's story, there's about five to eight stories for five different Indian tribes. And my theory of Bigfoot's in it. Oh, your theory of Bigfoot. Okay, we're gonna have to circle back to that one later. I want, <laughs> I want to hear that one. So, how did you go about? Did you is this a book where you just go around finding urban legends, or you were like interviewing people, or how how did you come about writing this? Well, most most of the stories I got offline because I work a regular eight hour job every day and everything else. But I did do some uh, interviews and talk to people about them. Like the ones down in Louisiana, my wife is actually from New Orleans. So she gave me some story ideas and we looked them up and got the stories. Basically, I wrote the book because it actually ended up being two purposes. The first purpose was when I was young, all the older people would pass down stories to us about our local area and all that. And of course, being crazy children, kids, we'd go out to investigate what's going on like the haunted bridge here called Helen's Bridge, where the woman hung herself and her ghost was supposed to be there. So we had to go check it out. And and that's what I wanted to do. I want There's not a lot of people passing down stories these days. So I wanted to give people a conversation piece for grandparents and parents to talk to their kids and, and their friends and everybody else. Maybe get together and go do some checking out. Yeah, like in the old days, you know, where you used to like sit around the piano and sing songs together with the campfire. You can just do the same thing. Hey, turn off computers, get the flashlight out, and start telling ghost stories. Sounds yeah, like a great that's, book. That's, Sounds like a great book. There's some fun ones in here, too. I mean, I've got everything from Bigfoot to Ghost to Dogman to uh, the Winchester House. You ever heard of the Winchester House? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, that, that is a crazy house. But please, uh, George, please enlighten Tom and our listeners on the Winchester house. It is does, amazing. Does it have anything to do with rifles? Yes. It oh. actually does, yes. Oh. <laughs> um, Mrs. Winchester felt like she was being haunted by the people that her husband's guns killed. So she built a house to confuse the ghosts. What? That's an expensive, like, uh, that's an expensive little investment in, like, trickery for the paranormal. <laughs> she has, like, hallways that actually shrink down to nothing or doors that open out uh, into, like, 10 foot above the, the floor and stuff. It's all kinds of weird, weird, weird things. Where is this at? I don't, I don't remember where it is now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry to mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. You're good. I, I've, I've read so many different stories and stuff. They all kind of run together in my poor old head. So, <laughs> yeah, the Winch- the Winchester house is, is amazing. Like I, I saw um, a recent uh, show, one that I like to watch, um, where they went and investigated the Winchester house, and it was staircases to nowhere, you know. And I, there was a certain number that always came up in this house. 
for the life of me, I thought it was 33 or something like that. I can't remember. Ooh. There is a specific number that kept on coming up. Steps, doors, everything. 33 is different. 33 has to do with uh, the, the Mason. The, yeah. yeah but do, do you different. know if there was a number with that, George, at all? There is, but I can't tell you. You have to read the book. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, hey, old country boys, you can't get nothing past them, man. <laughs> But I found out there's actually another reason for the book. What is that? And some buddies of mine from one of the other podcasts, I won't say who they are, competition for you. But my friends found out that it was a great reference book for their podcast. It's 590 pages of short stories. (laughs) And I got everything there from like a UFO, holes to hell, all kinds of stuff. There's everything you can think of in that book. Yeah, I think that would be a, definitely a nice reference for people to use to kind of like, oh, have you heard of this one? And then like flip it open and break it open and read through it. It sounds fantastic. And, and did you say that there was, you had about eight stories per state? At least, yes. Oh, yeah. So, so that is, it is chock full of uh, of information for sure. Yeah, because I'm from Maryland and I know we have some crazy stuff out in like, oh, yeah. Big like time. the Western we part, it's like some weird stuff out there. <laughs> and and of course that is, that was actually what inspired me to do this one as a reference book uh monsters of the world in podcast wanted something they could look up creatures well, i got i got 104 different creatures to look up from all over the world i got them in england i've got them in japan i've got them in china mongolia russia new zealand australia antarctica Mexico, America, Canada, you know, it's in there. And there's also 26 interviews with people who had real encounters with different creatures. Fantastic. And do, sorry, of course, I want to want to go back to uh, the Mexico one, but yes. did you did you say Antarctica as well? Yes. Believe it or not, even though nobody lives there, I still found four stories from Antarctica. Oh, would isn't, you, that the, isn't it the thing? Would you? Didn't they throw, didn't they throw the thing in Antarctica? <laughs> would you be able to uh, tell us a little bit about that? Six B that the Russians found in an underground lake and under a glacier, and it killed almost all the scientists. Oh, and I'd imagine if you're in Antarctica, probably something about Neuschwabenland. Uh, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, with the hollow. <laughs> Hollow Earth and UFOs. I, I, I only use monsters in this. I didn't really put anything like that in there. Oh, okay, okay. Tell us a little bit about. So, go into a little bit more uh, detail about that. Uh, I, I want. I want to hear a little bit more about that one. Well, it was in. Uh, they first had the station set up in the seventies. I think the first one of the first attacks was in two thousand eleven. It was. It's an. It's a really cool story. It's not real long. Because, unfortunately, they didn't have a lot of information there. But they did share enough to make you go, oh, I don't want to go there. And this is from the uh, weather station or, or the uh, climate station or whatever is down there that they're like six months of the year? Right. Russian scientific station. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. It's called Organism 46B. It was in a research station. It's approximately 33 feet long. has 14 tentacles. And it's in a lake called, I can't even, Vostok, V-O-S-T-O-K. It's a, it's in a subglacier uh, lake. I've heard something about this subglacier lake before. I've heard of Vostok. I don't know where. Station was established in 1957. And in 74, they found the lake. And they sent scientists down into it. The first encounter happened November 30th, 2016. Oh, wow. So fairly recent. That's recent. And this thing shoots toxic poison. (laughs) What? For like, it shoots it like, like a football field away. It can fire its poison. A hundred yards. It paralyzes you and then it grabs you and empties your body. Like a spider, like something from the inside out kind of thing. Yeah. Well, George, you gave me two reasons not to go to Antarctica. First of all, it's super cold. And now if I do go there, I'm going to be sucked dry like a, a corn husk. No, thanks. Don't go to South America either because there's a tree down there that does it to you. South America. A, a tree. A tree. Which, which part of South America? 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got me interested in. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're putting you on the spot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting you on the I, spot I, here. I, I want to know <laughs> how many things suck me dry. <laughs> good thing is, I got a really good rep. I got a real good index on this thing. I can find it pretty quickly. But here is a tribal drawing of the creature. It looks like a tree with like a Medusa type. Yeah, like a Medusa tree. tree that's like, a, would, like yes. a kraken. <laughs> or the like people, a kraken tree. The people leaning back like they're at a McDonald's, uh, like a McDonald's, at a Madonna, a Madonna concert. Like <laughs> a McDonald's concert. Okay. Guyana Highlands of South America. Oh, Guyana. Okay. And basically, you get too close to the tree, it reaches out, grabs you, and hangs you up like a like a bat and sucks all the blood out of you. <laughs> And where did you hear these stories from on this one? This is interesting because, you know, like these jungles are so deep that, you know, half of them still aren't, aren't explored, fully explored. Um, true, true. Anything could be in there. A lot of the stories come from uh, tribal stories from old explorers. Uh, this, the actual story that this came from was from a book called Sea and Land from 1887. Interesting. Very yeah, interesting. Because I know that Guyana is actually part of France. It's actually... Yeah, so maybe some French explorers came down there, and next thing you know, Pierre is getting sucked dry by a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the tribes are down there. Doing, yeah. Send the tourists to go look. It, it, like, oh, exactly, there. exactly. We don't really like them. Oh yeah, you, you want to head just down that uh, down that road there, down that path, you know, by that stream, yeah. and there's a really beautiful tree. Go yeah. check that nice out. Nice buckle shoes. Take a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow, that's crazy! There's so because there's a tree here called the Black Poison Tree, where we live in this area of Mexico, uh, and uh, they they also have it in Florida. And if you get underneath of it uh, for too long, there's been people who has to go to the hospital for about two weeks because it you'll your eyes will swell up and you'll get blisters and sores and they can kill you. Yeah, I I, I know this tree. Uh, it's a uh, what is the, the what's the Mayan name? The Chaka. Chachin. No, no, Chichin. Chichin. Chaka is the antidote. Yeah, ch Chaka is the, the antidote tree that will actually, because, you know, that, that kind of goes in nature. Whenever there is something there that will poison or hurt you, there's always the antidote or the cure right beside it, pretty close to being near it. So, yeah, the... the it's like poison ivy and white oak. Exactly. the leaves and boom. I'm, I'm speaking more Asheville area. I'm, I'm sure you guys... <laughs> Yeah, the 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 chichin. Uh, yeah, it's if you're working under it, it's like the the pollen or the that comes from the leaves. You know, what can fall on you Tear and you up. yeah, and even if you brush against it, if you brush against that tree, um, like the leaves or something like that, it your, your skin will start to die almost. It'll turn black on you, and you got to get you know get some treatment for but it. But it will not suck you dry. <laughs> sound like fun <laughs> <laughs> nothing for you to write about yeah. <laughs> take a nap under that tree <laughs> e exactly exactly you know you got to be you got to be aware here it's always there's always something oh but spe speaking of here you know you had said that uh you have monsters from all out the world so let's let's jump into mexico see if there's anything I, here in mexico i think it was called the la no oh okay he's got it La le, yeah, let's go. La lechuza. La lechuza. Lechuza, yeah. The shape shifting giant owl. Oh. oh. It's a pretty good story. It, it goes about, talks about this thing, how it shapes shifts and everything else. But the awesome thing is, I actually have a woman who sent me an encounter with it. And it is about three pages of an encounter that she had with this thing. And she is a very, very interesting lady. I talked to her on the phone before she sent it to me. And I think if you get the book, I think you'll enjoy reading the encounters as much as you will about the monsters. Oh, yeah? Oh, cool. I'm, I'm certain you would because, you know, it, it kind of pairs the two together. Oh, yeah. And I had some amazing people send me some incredible encounters. I've got one from uh, the UK where he called it a dog man. But after reading his description and everything, it was actually what's called Black Shuck. The giant black wolf with red eyes. And he had an eye-to-eye -eye encounter with this thing. And he has, it's all reported and everything. He has all the information about it. And he, he sent his encounter to me to put in the book. Wow. That is amazing. That is amazing. Can you can you dive in? Uh, just we'll stick, take a step back here. Can we dive into that? Uh, la, the transforming, la yeah, the transforming the, owl. The transforming owl. Exactly. 
I was gonna say owls hold a special uh, significance significance here. You know, it's kind of like they're. I don't want to say that they're, they're the bringers of death, but it, there's a saying when the owl hoots, you know, someone's going to die. Uh, so they're they're really closely associated with death. So I'm wondering if this uh, uh, this you know the story here, or this this monster, <laughs> has anything uh, associated with death on it. I'm sure it does, but uh, let's hear what you have to say about it. Well, according to the story, it's it, this story is heard all over Mexico and Texas, which not real surprising there. But it's about a giant owl that can be either white or black, and it shapeshifts, shifts, and it's a witch that's about seven feet tall and has about a 14-foot wingspan. Holy cow. He has a face of an old woman. And according to most variations of the legend, once a woman who was wronged is now seeking revenge, sometimes villagers uh, kill their kill her children. Other times, her children are killed by a drunk. But basically, it's she's out seeking revenge against people who are wrong, who do drinking and uh, beating kids and beating their wives and stuff. Well, she's the vengeance of it, apparently. And uh, the witch herself was killed by locals. And came back, and she came back to seek revenge on them. But she's uh, basically she is a protector of women and children. And of course you can keep her away with salt because that always works on witches and ghosts and stuff. And put it around your doorway or your windows. There's other things about like tying a knot, seven knots in there, but basically she she's known to be the protector. If I if I see a seven foot owl, because George I live I live off grid. I live about I don't know, three quarters of a mile off the road into the deep uh into the outback, bush, the outback, <laughs> and if I see a seven foot owl, I'm calling you because <laughs> you're gonna have to send me over some weapons or something or some salt, yeah, eh, some, some salt. salt, some salt, yeah. I gotta <laughs> a, a, sock, a shotgun with uh, some, uh, some rock, rock salt, salt uh, yeah, into it. Man. Seven foot owl, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's only gonna come after you if you've done something wrong because it seems to be actually like a. Oh, like a revenge kind of revenge protector of you know women and children. So they don't really have Bigfoot down here per se, uh, but they have a lot of other weird things, and it's always interesting to hear something that's local. For me, that was uh, scary, (laughs) but fantastic. (laughs) Got the witch, the the witch down there that was a ghost. That when she was alive, she drowned her children because her husband was leaving her, and then when he come back he wouldn't take her back because she had drowned her children yes i think what her name is now Jorona. But, yeah Jorona uh, or something like that i i i'm not i'm not gonna i'm butchering that i i i i know what you're talking about she's actually a woman in white i think and she you'll seen on the yep. side of the road yes. yes 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 huh. yep she drowned her children and her husband left her he come back he found out she killed her kids he wouldn't take her back so she killed herself and now she haunts everybody and wants revenge for her husband being taken away. And they, they actually made a movie out of this too, uh, a horror movie. Yeah. Um, and of course, I was going to say a, something I'm, crazy, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a fan of uh, of horror movies or anything like that. No, I don't so, like them either. So I haven't seen it, so I don't know the name. But I, I've heard the I've heard the story. I mean, who would need a movie when you have these local legends? You know what I mean? Go out like like George well, is well, saying and go out and like look for yourself. You don't need to watch Poltergeist or something. Just go out there and look for Seven Foot Owls. Well, now you could if you get that, this book. The first one, Legends, Myths, Monsters, and Ghosts. I actually tell you about movies, the stories behind the movies, like the story behind Jaws, the story behind The Conjuring, and uh, Amityville, Amityville Horror, and all those are on that book. What about Poltergeist? I, I know I know at least one thing, crazy thing about Poltergeist. Uh, what that is that it, it was it was cheaper to buy actual like skeletons mm-hmm. than it was to have their FX uh, crew make these skeletons. So in that pool where these skeletons are all coming up and stuff like that, it's been a long time. They're real. Those are real skeletons. They are. But here's one about Jaws. Uh, the shark wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the shark was named Bruce. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, sorry, spoiler, spoiler. It wasn't real shark. Uh, no, it was, no, I'm saying in the movie. 
What was the real shark that Jaws was based off of? Oh, uh, I don't know. It was a bull shark. A bull shark? Only- Come up into a freshwater tributary. And this was back before the child labor laws. So these kids had just got out of work and they wanted to go cool off in the, in the tributary. But they got in there swimming and one of the boys, when he got down in the water, all of a sudden he got hit with something real hard. The water swirled and he disappeared. And all they could see was a fin. So they went and got help, and all these people come down here and they're going through the water trying to find it. What happened? And this big muscle builder guy jumped in the water. He seen something. So he jumped in the water, stuck his hands down in the water, and we lifted it up. He had the what was left of the boy's body. Oh. But then he got hit by the shark. Bam, he hit him on the th- on the side of the thigh, took half his thigh muscle out. And uh, I think I think they uh the shark got away. I think they may kill him, I don't remember now. The shark was gone and that they went on a this spree of killing all the sharks because there'd been other shark attacks off the coast of New Jersey by great whites as well as tiger sharks. There was great whites off the coast of New Jersey? Oh, yeah, they, they actually come up through Martha's Vineyard, mate. I didn't know that. I didn't think they go that far north. But I guess if you're, well, I guess they do like cooler waters because they're also very uh, prolific in uh, like Cape Town, South Africa, which has to be colder water. So, okay, that makes sense. I was just, I don't know why I was thinking something else. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's two reasons not to go to Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot more than that, but we won't go there. <laughs> Oh, there we go. Oh, that's in your, and that's in your other, if these um, stories are found in your other book, is that correct? Yeah. Oh, that's in, great. In his, uh, in the one about all that all takes place in the U S right. That's the, is that the one? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Hello out there listeners of lost frequency podcast. It's me, Tom asking you for your help. How can you help you ask? Well, that's pretty simple. All you have to do is go to wherever you download your podcast, whether that be Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or all the other numerous podcast apps that you can use. Leave us a rating, review, share, subscribe. You know the deal. Every little bit helps. Doesn't cost you one red cent, but it means the world to us. By the way, if you have an interesting story, whether it be about cryptids, spooky stuff, the time you saw that shadow figure at your grandma's house, conspiracies, whatever, and you want to share it with us, well, we'll be looking forward to seeing and hearing from you. All you have to do is shoot us an email at thelostfrequencypodcast at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe one day you will be on the Lost Frequency. George, do you have any personal encounters like that you'd like to maybe share with us? Not with monsters, unfortunately. I really want to do, I want, I want to meet Bigfoot face to face. Okay, so, well, tell us why you want to meet Bigfoot face to face. And then why don't we go into your theory? You said you have a theory about Bigfoot. <laughs> Let, l- let's hear this theory. Well, I got, an, I got amazed by Bigfoot when the, when the movie, uh, uh, Fault Monster down in, uh, what is that? I can't think tonight, Lord. Okay, I thought you were going to say Harry and the Hendersons. So I'm, I'm, thank God, thank God, thank God that you're not saying that was the one that intrigued you to meet Bigfoot, though. <laughs> now this is not nice in seventies. The uh, Legend of Boggy Creek. That movie got me hooked on Bigfoot, and with Bigfoot, there's there's so much evidence out there. There's more evidence of Bigfoot than there is. Of a billion dollars cash. It's true. It, it, th- that is true. You know, more people have seen evidence of Bigfoot than actually seeing a billion dollars cash. I don't. I don't know anybody who's seen a billion dollars cash. But I've seen. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people who have had uh, experiences or you know evidence of Bigfoot. Oh yeah, yeah. And with Bigfoot, what really, what really got me thinking about my theory more than anything else was the in Le- the Lakeland Caves in Nevada. But the, when they found those giant bones and they found the clothes and stuff that belonged to the giant, you know, they found a sandal, one of the sandals of the giants, and they took a Bigfoot casting and it fit perfect into the sandal. I didn't know this. I didn't know anything about that. That's in Lovelock Caves. In Lovelock Caves. When, when about was when was that discovered? You know, tell us a little bit about that and so we can continue going on with this because that's, that's interesting. I think it was in the 90s. When they found when they found the Lovelock caves and the bones and stuff, 
and, and let me guess, let me guess, that got scooped up by the Smithsonian, uh, you know, the Smithsonian, and then it's like, whew, gone. in black. Well, it got it got gathered up by them, but they didn't get away without all this other stuff being seen first and photographed and people actually letting the stories out. So even though they took a lot of the evidence, they didn't get enough of it to where they can say it didn't happen. And I, I read a lot of, I read a lot of, different religion stuff. I read all the Bible. I've read the Torah. I've read the Quran, all this stuff and all the different books and stuff like that. And I, when you start talking about the, the fallen angels in the Nephilim. Oh, the Nephilim, the book of Enoch. No, no, no. Just, just the Nephilim is all throughout the whole Bible. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. They're the, oh, okay. they're, the chil- they're the fallen angels and the Nephilim are actually the children of a fallen angel. They're actually giants and giants are mentioned in, Every religious text, well, when the Indians come across a land bridge into America, there's tons and tons of stories where they run into what they call the white cannibal. So the Indians were, the Indians were afraid of them, and they, they kept losing people, scouts and stuff like that, to the, the giants. They were catching them and eating them. And uh, they attacked the giants in force. More talking... Three or four hundred against twenty type situations, and they said they killed them all off in a lot of their tales and stuff. But the funny thing is, if you read all those tales, and then you read about when Bigfoot stuff starts coming out in the Native American or Indian tales, there's about a five hundred to a thousand year difference in there. So it's enough time to where your your can change physically due to your environment because environmental evolution is a proven fact. And that's why I think that the Bigfoot are actually the descendants of the giants. That makes, that makes complete sense, you know, and, and I heard about that battle that you're talking about and I believe they forced them back into a cave and then lit a huge fire in front of the cave to smoke them and like literally kill them through suffocation. Mm. Uh, these giants, uh, they're like white, uh, white skinned, red haired, I think is what they were describing the giants as. Yeah, that, that's some of the, one of the stories. Yes. There's many of them, many, many of them. And they're all over the world too. It's not just in America. And our definition of a giant is a human over seven feet tall. Well, we have, Giants playing NBA basketball. Andre the Giant was literally a giant. He was seven foot four. Fuck yeah. So, you know. I do think the evolutionary thing might definitely hold some water because say, for example, you think you killed them all out, but there's like maybe, you know, maybe 20 or 30 that are just like a little more hairier, a little more able to maybe hide in these remote places that even but today... But you, you give it like 500, 1,000 years. Yeah, plus you know? I'm just saying, plus yeah. then they're able to even, you know, to multiply, plus the, they, they gain these, you know, like the Longer ability hair. to hide themselves, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, they're not bald like me me and, me and George here. The Mammoth Cave System. Mammoth Cave right. System is the largest cave system in the world. In the world. It's hundreds and hundreds of miles underground. And it's not even all explored. Yeah. No, it's not huge. even right. So that, that's what leads me to believe that's what they are. That's what my theory explains. I never even considered the underground cave part, man. That is that uh, is a I, very I, I like I like the theory. I, I believe that is definitely part of it. You know, like they know they know that system. Now now there's been stories about some people seeing lights and other things with uh, Bigfoot, we'll say. You know, do you have any theories on that? Um, some people said, Oh, I saw, you know. I don't want to say a UFO, but we've seen some lights, some crazy lights, and then all of a sudden they see uh, Bigfoot. Do you have any theories about that? Really, I don't. I don't really associate them together. I've I've heard the stories. I've talked to people that have seen that, but they're usually like orbs or something like that that they've seen with them, and it almost it almost makes me think that they're using that for a distraction, where you'll watch the orb and you miss them. Subversion, like it, but see. But George, you, you said you wanted to meet one. You said you wanted to meet a, a Bigfoot. I'm sure you want to hand him your book so he could buy it as well. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm... Right. And you're out in, uh, I know that Asheville is out in Western North Carolina. And yeah. we we talked to a gentleman, uh, what was his name? Uh, Mr. Daryl Denton. And he is in uh, Tennessee. And that's right next to you. Oh, and yeah. they, he has a whole bunch of, you. Uh, maybe you can connect up with him. 
and you I'll guys can go out and go out there with him and maybe you could then like report back to us what you see because he's a great connection to maybe you can actually see an encounter yeah with, and have uh, that thing you're looking for come true for me yeah definitely definitely yeah and and so and and that was fantastic. I, I like your interpretation. Like I believe that there is a connection with the Nephilim and Bigfoot Sasquatch. And to a point, you know, of course, everything is just a theory. Uh, yeah. We don't have any proof, but I do believe that like the, the men of renown that they talked about in, you know, like in Greek mythology as well, like Hercules, you know, like I, I think he actually was part of part fallen angel, you know, part Nephilim. You know, oh. they, they talked about all these people with these great powers, these great strengths, these tall oh, yeah. sizes yeah i because yeah, hercules father was zeus wasn't it yeah in in theory that's the that's the the story yeah huh. could it many of these stories tie in you know they intertwine with each other different names maybe different slightly different looks but it's different mm -hmm. interpretations of uh, sometimes of the same story well one of the variations of saint christopher is a giant Interesting. I haven't heard. I, I haven't heard that at all. Uh, like, well, I, it's not that I haven't heard it. I just don't know. Um, what What have you heard about Saint Christopher being a giant? Well, there's there's one interpretation of him that I've seen a, in a painting that showed him as a giant looking down onto onto the individual humans. He was in the picture. He looked to be twenty feet tall, like the Nephilim were supposedly supposed to have been. What the, my favorite interpretation. And this leads me into some other stuff. Was he was also interpreted as being a dog man? I heard this actually. That I did hear. Now that you're saying that, I did hear that. Yes. Oh, so and and that's bringing you into something else. You said uh, continue, continue. I I just started getting into the the, the, the whole dog man thing because I went up to Bray Road up in Wisconsin to see what I could see. We drove down the entire Bray Road to see if we had if, if it would be possible for a dog man to be up there. And it is because a lot of that area in Wisconsin is farms. So there's lots of fields and woods and stuff that he can move from one area to the other. And I thought the dog man was something fairly new. Oh, I was wrong. I was <laughs> wrong. Cause I did research for the book, this the new book. And in this book, I found out that it goes all the way back to the, I found it as far back as early ancient Egypt with an Anubis. Anubis. Yeah. We were, we talked yes. about this. Yes. Anubis. He, and I, I, I missed, uh, I made a bit of a mistake when I was saying who Anubis was. Anubis was the God of embalming, but he also escorted the dead. You know, oh. he was kind of like a protector of the dead. He wasn't God of the underworld, but he was like a protector of the dead. Yeah. And he was, he was a dogman, in my opinion. Yeah. And they found, uh, I, I was reading while I was doing the research on the dogman, an explorer was in, was in ancient India. And he actually made cross an entire village of dogmen. They communicated back and forth. He wrote about it in his book. That, well, they communicated by barks and yaps. Okay, that that's crazy. That is crazy. You know, I, I don't... I was going to say, every every street corner in that city smells really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and don't plan on getting any sleep on a full moon, you know. It's yeah, like, no, why is yeah, no. Shut up! <laughs> We're going to the club. <laughs> so it's, it's just trying to make a little levity into a lot of this because, you know, a lot of people have actually had experiences with Dogman and they're very frightening. Uh, so, but to imagine running across a whole town of them, I don't, man, I, I couldn't even imagine that. Oh yeah. I gotta say, if I was going to go hunt dog man, I'd have to take the squeaky toy. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, is, is that your backup? It's like, I got a gun and I got a squeaky toy. We'll see. I, I you know, I, I gotta, I gotta test this out. Yeah. Oh man. I couldn't resist. Oh, you had a great... You got a great sense of humor, George. Thank you, because it helps. It helps because I, sometimes I feel alone out here swimming. And George is like, "No, I'm jumping with you. I'll jump in." <laughs> you got me kind of looking that way now. I'm good now. I'm, I'm sad. Yeah, I think you're just a slightly like you have the the beard. It's a little grayer than me. Uh, I think you're just like ten years in the future, me. <laughs> oh, it's 
That's that's fantastic. I, I like that a lot. That there's a whole town full of dogmen. No, I, I think I'll think I'll take a U-turn. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. George, uh, do you have any of the stories? If you could pick one story out of all of the ones that you've written or learned about or studied about or researched or been told, which one sticks out to you? And please tell us why. Ooh. Uh, I kind of lean towards, I know it's kind of strange, but I kind of lean towards the rock apes of Vietnam. Interesting. Okay. Please tell us. Like, Please tell us about this. You've got, uh, in Vietnam, there was reports of what they call rocket. They were six to seven foot tall, bipedal, hairy creatures that looked like apes. Basically a Bigfoot type creature. And the natives swear by them. I mean, they, they almost like they worshipped them. They, they would never, they call them the forest people. And uh, the Americans was told when they got there, if you see them, do not open fire on them, period. Don't point your guns at them. Don't shoot them. And there was a patrol out chasing uh, some North Vietnamese. And they were going, in, they were sneaking into where they thought they were. And one of the uh, four deservers seen this thing standing there, looking at him from on top of a hill. And he went to point his gun at him, and he and he remembered what he was told, so he didn't. And he was watching it, and watching it, and he signaled for the people to come up. And they couldn't fire anyway because the North Vietnamese were so close, they would have heard their gunfire, and they had to put his gun on them. Well, then they heard some screaming at a village ahead of them where the North Vietnamese was supposed to be. Well, they charged in forward to see what was happening. They got in there, and all the soldiers had been killed by rocks and had their arms ripped off and been chewed on. And then when they got in there and found that, they looked, they started looking around, and these creatures started coming up all the way around them, hundreds of them. <laughs> and they got out of there, but. It was Harry. <laughs> wow, that, that's crazy. That is a crazy story. Imagine walking in on this, you know, and you just see there's these limbs ripped from these guys, you know. It's, jeez. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. That's the, no. Rock, rock, it's the worst rock concert I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that would be scary first of all you're in a, you're in a war you're in a war torn country you're in the middle of uh fighting communism or whatever it's not good political about it but still you're in a war right and you're out there and you see this you hear people screaming and then you come across you know um you know what's what's what i'm looking for where people have their arms and limbs and stuff taken off uh dismembered dismembered they're no longer a member and um and then you see that, not to mention you're, you know, thousands of miles away from your family. That has to be just uh, horrifying. And uh, I can see why it would be your favorite, especially when, I mean, there's like many eyewitnesses to this. It's like cooperated. Cooperated. It's the normal military thing. You're not, this never happened. Don't talk about it. I'm former U.S. Army and uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You too. What were you in? Navy. Yeah, Navy. Navy, yeah, man. I couldn't be on a boat. I couldn't be on a boat, man. There's no way. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah, oh, sure. It is. It's, it's, well, see, what the bad thing was, I was an Army ROTC, and I was okay. the Army 100%. I did side training with the Rangers. I went to their survival courses. I did the jump hours. I did everything. Oh, you went to Fort, you went to Fort Bragg, yes. Okay. Fort Bragg, Fort Benning, Fort Devens. All that. Forbidding is aris- forbidding air assault. <laughs> I got you, man. I'm, yeah, okay, you, okay. I did all that stuff and then joined the navy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I was, uh, you know, I just left high school and, rent- and went, but I mean, I remember being sent to Germany and out in Germany too. You know, there's a lot of spooky stuff out there. You know, especially if you go into uh, it's called Odenwald, uh, the uh, Od- Odin Forest, and out there there's a bunch of tales of witches and goblins and all that thing but imagine being sent then into vietnam and there's rock apes and you're like what are you talking about and next thing you know you're in a village full of like uh 
you know, GI Joe, like plastic soldiers with their arms ripped off. That's, that's a, no, that's a bad vacation for anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, we went to, uh, I went to 27 different islands and countries. No kidding. Wow. I was in for four years. How many years? And four. Four. Oh, me too. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I had a problem. I had a little bit of a problem with authority. Hmm. Hence, Hence the book. <laughs> You're like, hi. You're gonna, you're just, yeah, I'm going to write about monsters. You can't do that. No, I, I understand. I, me too. Me too. But the cool thing was, while I was in, I had an experience that I would have never had if I hadn't been in. Because we were we were crossing the ocean, and we were about dead middle of the Atlantic Ocean with nothing around, nothing on radar, nothing on sonar, nothing. And I'm on the lookout about three o'clock in the morning. And the front lookout reports, the forward lookout reports, something off the port side, some lights. Of course, I turn around and I'm looking from my binoculars about eight miles away. There's a circle of lights and there's, it's just sitting there doing this. So we're like, what is it? We, we're calling into combat. They have nothing. Combat has nothing on radar. I'm thinking, the way it looks, I'm thinking a con tire from a sub or something. But then I get to look at it, I'm looking harder and harder and look at it, and it's not touching the water. It's above the water. And it's just, it's it's taking, it's moving with the ship eight miles away. And, and I have a question. I have a question. Was it like you said, like a circle of lights or like multiple lights, or is it kind of like one that was kind of? Well, it looked like a circle from what I could tell. I said it was eight miles away, and I was on the aft lookout. But it was just, like I said, moving, and you could see a little bit of disturbance underneath of it every now and then. And after about five minutes, it got super bright and shot straight up in the air. Whoa! <laughs> I, I thought you said you didn't have any I stories. You have those stories. We get the digging. Here we go. We, yeah. you know, it's like the, the the big final, you know, finale. Here we go. It's like I've got plenty of stories. That's never a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you when you went to your when you wanted to see when you wanted to see oh, what did you report? We just just didn't pay no attention. Went back to what we were doing because back then. You just you didn't really think about it. You just went back to what you was doing. You didn't even think about it. Didn't talk about it. You know, that was back in the 80s. So it's like, no, we ain't talking about that. <laughs> how long do you say it, uh, how long did it follow you guys for? You know, how long were, were you watching it for? Uh, we watched it for about five minutes. Wow. And then it just shot straight up and gone. Yeah. You could see, you could watch the light go up, but that was it. And it, it was out of sight that fast. I mean, because we you've been hearing like this slow disclosure that we're having with these um with these Air Force pilots with the tic tac UFOs and a lot of things over the water. And now we have a Navy, a former Navy seaman. Is that correct? Is that the is that what they say? Seaman? Yeah, they're seamen. Okay, because we're soldiers, seamen. Okay, Marines, you know. Yeah, so you're having like, you know, another uh, another branch of the armed forces kind of like saying, Hey, uh, you know, back in the eighties we've seen this too. So that's uh that's the, that's it's a little bit more than what they've been uh, letting on to, of course. Oh yeah, uh, of, of, of course. This stuff has been around for Forever, you know. Right. If you you look in those like you know Renaissance paintings in the background of those Renaissance paintings, you will see UF. You'll see things painted in the sky that shouldn't be there. Yeah, and some of them, some of them even have like people inside of these flying contraptions mm-hmm. that there shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. <laughs> well, me and my wife saw one coming back from Chicago. We're coming back to Chicago. We're 30,000 feet in the air, just above the clouds, and right straight out from our our airplane we was on, my wife seen something. She went, what is this? And she elbows me. Look over there, and there's a, a tube, a silver tube. It's several miles away, and there's no tail fin. There's no airstream coming off of it. There's no wings, nothing you can see, no windows nothing you can't see any of that but it's staying with the plane so like a just a fuselage just zipping through the air a silver cigar yeah like a cigar so- tube like a cigar tube you know just yep. if you could estimate the size what would you say for that size I, it was at least as big as the plane we were on Jeez. commercial air. so it's it like was a, um, was like 150 feet or I don't know how big a well, it, it was big. I, 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 I say 
at least 50 feet. I don't know how big it was. That's exactly. hard. Of course. It was a little ways away from us. You know, it wasn't right close to the plane. And then my wife leaned down to get her a camera, her phone to get a picture of it. And that thing went real bright and disappeared. It's so weird. Like they have like the psychic connection somehow they know. And it's also like Bigfoot too. Like you bring out your camera and they're like, oh, I'm out of here, buddy. Or if you, if you come in the woods with a camera, you won't see him. Yep. I think Bigfoot has that thing camouflage thing like a, like bear or a, like a moose. When I was in Maine, you could watch a moose and it could take two steps inside the woods. You could hear it, but you could never see it. And they're huge. They're huge. Yeah. They're, it's un, It's understated how big a moose really is. Yeah, when you're in a little bitty car looking up at it, <laughs> it's real big. Yeah. Yeah. He had no experiences and then fired out two UFO experiences at us. And then especially the one on the boat, that one. Uh, yeah, the, the, the one on the boat fantastic. there, that, that, that is that is crazy. Yes. So I've got lots of experiences. It's not with monsters. I have <laughs> ghost experiences. I love ghost experiences. I have experiences, death experiences, everything. Death experience. Yeah. You had a death, a death experience? experience. Yes, uh, I, those we haven't had one of those yet, George. Please enlighten us. I, I died, but didn't take. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was on your bucket list, but you just you didn't get to check it off. Tell us about this. This is crazy. I was in my twenties. Uh, got pneumonia. Didn't want to go to the doctor. Kind of hard headed, you know. Finally went to the doctor. They said, "Oh, you got bronchitis. You're all right." Well, two days later, I was running. I was 104 fever. I was lethargic. My skin had turned grayish white, and I was falling over. I couldn't even sit up. They took me to the hospital. The hospital went crazy. <laughs> they started pumping IVs in me and pumping all this mess in me. Got me up to a room. Well, that night, about I guess it's about two or three o'clock. I don't remember the exact time. I remember seeing the clock, but I don't remember exactly what time. Been a long time ago. I'm a little older now. And uh, <laughs> I was laying there in the bed and I felt extremely comfortable, calm, and relaxed. And just nothing bothered me. I looked over and there was an older woman standing beside my bed. And uh, so I sat up in the bed and I started talking to her. But when I looked over, my body was still in the bed. So I got up. I was talking to her. And she said, It's okay. You know, nothing to worry about. Everything's fine. And I looked at the clock, and not even the second hand was moving. The clock was just still. And there was a figure standing over the corner. And it looked like an angel, the silhouette of an angel with the bluest eyes you've ever seen in your life. I've never seen eyes that blue. I I still remember the pupils and everything, just like it was yesterday. And uh, all of a sudden, people started walking through the walls of my room. But it didn't seem out of place. I was, I was just, it was, it's the most relaxed, comfortable feeling I've ever had in my entire life. And it, it was incredible. It really was. And it, it just confirmed everything about God I ever thought, you know, I mean, there, there was no, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind at all about where there's afterlife. I've seen it, but they all come in my room and they're all talking to me. Every, everybody's focused on talking to me. I don't know why, but they're all talking to me, telling me their stories, their names and what they've done and where they're at and everything. And the angel raises his arm up. And when he does, this little bit of light, this little pinprick of light pops up. Then all of a sudden it goes, boom. And it's the size of the wall. And it's just this bright light. You can't see. You can just see the light. And all these people start telling me bye. And they start walking into the light. Well, they're all gone. It's just me and the older lady. And I started towards it. And she grabbed me. No. Lay back down. So I went back over and I sat down on the bed on the side of my body. And she looked at me and she blew me a kiss and told me bye. And she walked into the light and all of a sudden it went and it was gone. And you could see kind of like a grin on his face and he was gone. And uh, I laid back down and all of a sudden I hear all these alarms going off and people running in my room and making all the racket. And I look and the clock's moving and this nurse is coming over to start doing compressions on me. I look and I said, what are you doing? And she stops in her tracks and they're all looking at me. There's five nurses looking at me like, what? 
and I asked him, I said, who was it? I named the lady's name. And they all just went pale. Just poof, their whole, all the color left their face. And all of them left except for one nurse. And I started talking to her. And the lady that was in my room had died in my room right before I got there. Whoa. No way. I named where she was from. Everything. I told them all about her. Then I started telling her about the other people that had come in the room. And she was just shocked because every one of those people had died in the hospital that week. Right. I, I was actually going to ask you if you had uh, recognized any of if the, if any of those people that came into your room you recognized personally, but you, you're saying that there were just people that possibly had died within that hospital, and it's like now it's time to uh, head on. I didn't know any of them. I didn't know any of them at all that, until that when that when they, I still remember some of their names and stuff. I don't. I won't never say because of course for them, you know. Uh, but they just. They were, I still see their faces a lot. Well, how did that, how did that change you? I mean, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure you're, uh, you know, a man of the cloth or the Bible and I'm going to assume Jesus and um, I'm assuming, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, uh, to exclude you're or Christian. include anybody. I'm a Christian. Sure, that's great. Great. Yeah. How did that, did that change anything in your, in your beliefs or maybe the way you approach your, your life? It, it confirmed everything for me. It made me realize that this is just a tiny little speck of the time that we're in. And you better make sure that you let the people that you love know that you love them. Be as kind as you can to people, you know, when you can be. And and try to be helpful. And that's, that's why I tried to. That's why I wrote the books. I want people to enjoy the books. I want them to talk about to each other. I want people to laugh and tell up like we've been doing. I want everybody to be able to do stuff like that. And it doesn't matter what color your skin is, where you're from, none of that silly crap. I don't believe in none of that. I never have. And I just, I, that's what I want to do. That's what I want people to do is enjoy what I write. And I think that's, I think that's awesome, George. And I think that's bringing us, you know, a great way to, to end this interview. Um, and I just want to say, you know, thank you for, for being here. And if you could just let everybody know again where we can find your books and, you know, maybe uh, give us your website as well where people can find you. Okay. You can find my books on Amazon. You can either look up the name of the books or you can look up George Lunt. And uh, you can go to my website. It's georgelunsford.x10host.com. My, my beautiful wife made my web for me because she's smart. <laughs> well, yeah, it does have the master's degree, you know. I'm I'm just a so country boy, so you know. But uh, I hope people will get the books, and if nothing else, just enjoy telling the stories to each other. You know, laugh, and cut up about them like we have. There, don't take anything too serious. Life's too life's too short to worry about it. Amen, my friend. Yeah, Amen. I I agree. I agree. It's, it's fantastic, and we really appreciate having you here, George. Thank you so much for sharing these stories. And you know, before the internet, before even books, that's how we passed on our, our you know passed on our civilization. That's why we passed on our history was through stories. And that's what you're doing. You know, you're passing on all this information, all these stories. You're continuing a tradition that you know it's kind of dying off. But let's keep that tradition going. So thank you again, George. Thank you, George. Guys, I really do appreciate you. Thank you very much. You you have been wonderful. You've been a joy to talk to. Uh, We appreciate that. Thank you. All right, that was George and Crazy Stories. You know, he told us a little bit about his book. Um, A little bit. He actually flipped through a bunch of it, and he told us a lot of the stories. But you know what even got me more? was when he was uh, telling us about his own personal stories. Yes. Yes. So I, I, it was pretty interesting because I didn't know that he was a former um, military personnel like myself. And then when I told him, yes, I also served in the military, all of a sudden he had a story. And you could see like Rai from ear to ear just light up. And he's like, I got so many questions. <laughs> always, <laughs> always. I feel like I got all these questions. Like, was, I have a question. I have questions. That was a really bad impersonation of you. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I've had worse. I've seen worse. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he, it was uh, the one where he was uh, he was on the back of the ship. I guess yeah, we called the, so. the stern of the boat, the and stern. he he was uh, a watch, a watch out somewhere's up, and he had his binoculars. I think he said, and he seen something that was. 
probably, do you remember the video I was telling you about the Dome of the Rock? It kind of reminded me of the Dome of the Rock where someone's seen something, it pulsated a little bit and then poof, shot up into space. Dome of the Rock. I've Dome of the Rock in Israel. Yeah, there's a, fam there's a oh, famous video. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I've never seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Listeners of the podcast, do, do me a favor and send Ryan that link. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to be inundated, flooded with all these links. Yes. But why not? Sure, he's got time. Yeah, <laughs> lots of time. Lots of free time, you know. I can pencil it. I just got a new job, and I, I'm sure I have more than free, more than enough free time now to to watch this video from yeah, 30 fans. What we got? Maybe what 30 listeners? Yeah, especially uh, shout out to all my um, all my folks in the in Albania <laughs> <laughs> or Iceland, Iceland. You Iceland. know, we had some, we had Iceland coming in South too. Africa. All all you people out there listening to the spookiness, India. I, we had some uh, no from kidding, India. No kidding. Yeah. I'm, I wonder what kind of stories they would have in India. Oh, they gotta have some crazy stuff, stuff that we've never heard of. Okay, that was so. Good. Any of our Indian listeners that are out there, if you have any stories, or actually, let's just let's just broaden that. You know, anybody who has any stories, if you're looking to, uh, you know, get it off your chest or to feel normal once again, because we've all had these experiences mm -hmm. one way or the other. You know, from paranormal to bigfoot to the rake to cryptids to ufo abductions to ufos to aliens to everything not to mention conspiracies we always tend to forget conspiracies we always tend to but yeah. i guess that's not really having an experience that is just having knowledge oh true or theory yes. but i love those so if 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 you have those stories yeah the ones that because you all know i might be a little bit more timid than rye on this you know, I, I, I tend to be a little bit of a, you know, like a skirt wearer. I don't know if that's politically correct or not. But anyhow. But we're not politically correct no. here. So I get a little bit. Ah! <laughs> Just go ahead and send those stories my way. Try. Let's have some Let's Scare Tom stories. Uh, yes. Tom is a little bit of a, Tom is a little bit of a chicken shit sometimes <laughs> when it comes to the paranormal. I, I was listening to our first episode and, uh. I was mentioning, hey, why don't, you know, when we get further along, we do some paranormal investigations. Oh. And, and Tom's a little scared about yeah. that. He said he will sit in the home base, you know, telling me what to do. And, yeah. okay, I'm there for you, buddy. Yeah, go, blue team, go. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going to be in the van. This is home base. <laughs> I'm going to be in the van about, you know, a half kilometer away from the site. And rise out there with his GoPro and his, his flashlights. Tom, Tom, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Uh, I'm good, man. I'm just having some. I'm having some of my cheese popcorn here. Yeah, my cheese flavored popcorn. We had a vendor come by. You want you want any pastor tacos or you know? <laughs> Tom, I heard a voice. Yeah, me too. There's a guy out here. He's giving me coke. <laughs> Coca Cola. Yeah, the, the liquid is, kind. <laughs> that is. Uh, yeah, that's like the number one drink here, almost in Mexico. You'd think it would be tequila, but uh, lo and behold, no, because there's children here. You can't give children tequila, right? Why not? Well, it's delicious. It's a, it's a drug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want to give them coke. I mean, I mean, sorry, we don't want to give them tequila. <laughs> Imagine the kids just sniffing on the corner, oh, like, "Got any crayons, man?" <laughs> All right, sorry, I got totally distracted. No, though. you got sidetracked. We're, yeah, I was saying if you have those stories, and we're talking about tequila and coke and everything, but sure. if you have stories, why don't you guys reach out and contact us at the Lost Frequency Podcast at gmail.com or find us personally. You can find me at Tom Franklin on uh, on uh, on Facebook or. Rye Voss on Facebook, or again, our Facebook group, which is the Lost Frequency Podcast. Yeah, and if you happen to know anybody with some carrier pigeons, smoke signals, messages in a bottle, just go ahead and, uh, you know, if it's like 1850s, you got a higher air balloon. I'm, I'm all about the Morse code, though. Like, is it because you like to dance to electronic music? or No, it's like I like to twitch my fingers. You like to Oh, you're twitchy. Yeah, I'm kind of oh, okay. twitchy. Well, haven't you seen that? I'm like, I'm jittery. Well, especially, especially now the, that we just we had, had coffee. A, exactly. Uh, you know, I usually don't drink coffee in the afternoons because it uh, makes me jittery and keeps me up later. But, you know, we, we got another interview coming up. So yeah, we, we have to on, on the ball. Yeah, we got to put out the best product that we can, right? Let's not, yeah. let's not sell our but, listeners short. Well, speaking of the best product, though, you know, and our listeners. Sure. You know, we're giving this product... Pro bono for sure. free. Absolutely. So what we ask in return, like this is our effort. This is this is our time, our effort. You know, we're doing so much. What we want you guys to do is oh, that was that was a little too much, I think, maybe. Um you're just acting there. You're doing a Christopher Walken impersonation. Okay, okay, I'll I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Or like William Shatner. <laughs> I got to damn it. Damn it. Bones. Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor. 
That's reverse, though. Which one? I'm the doctor. I'm yeah. Gonna, so, so your be... bones, your bones, then. I'm bones. Is that his name? Yeah, doctor. It was it was bones. Was it bones? Bones. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, dude, dude. All also, by the way, I forgot to mention there is a YouTube channel. Yes, Check if, I mean, if you guys like to, you know, see what we look like, I got some other stuff on there. You know, the, you know, you know, what I, I, I find sometimes is that when you you're listening to a podcast, in your mind, you build this image of a person, you know, mm. and, and you you create what this is what this person looks like, this is what this person looks like, and then when you actually see them, sometimes it kind of like wrecks it for me it, it does for me too i used to be i'm a big um metalhead uh rise not and like i would listen to a band i'd be like oh these guys are awesome and then you see them they're like bald or they got these they're just awful looking and the thing is is like for most of the time the way you think people look uh they're much less attractive than you think and that doesn't that, that is exactly what you're going to get with us less attractive <laughs> than what you thought Speak for yourself. Okay, I'm ugly. I'm one hot looking guy. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what my wife says. <laughs> well, it's got to be a reason why she married you. I mean, you got to be somewhat attractive. Yeah, I've been I, trying to figure that out too. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not that for okay. me. But so it, I, again, I'm going to reel this one back in. Sure. It's, um, yeah, so leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on Podcast Addict, on Podbean, you know. And and if you're listening to any podcast platform that you don't find us on, send me a message. Send Tom a message. Let yep. us know. You know, say, hey, you know, I, I listen to you guys on Spotify, but I normally use this other plot platform. Can you guys make sure that you're uploading to that? And you can also help us out by on YouTube just subscribing. Doesn't cost you anything. Just, you know, click the button, subscribe. We don't care about the bell notification at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and comment at the bottom. Hey, this was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll, I promise you that I will respond back to you. Yeah. Give us a dopamine hit by doing that. You know, we need, we, we need that little bit of that dopamine. It's like red bell. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I could do it right before I, you know... Um, connect myself to my cannabis then i can go like a uh, dopamine hit a little thc and the next thing you know i'm in heaven and you guys put me there and uh, we want to appreciate each and every one of you every week for listening to what we do because we do put a lot of work into this guys and we hope that you guys are getting something out of it i agree um we don't have a story to tell uh, this uh, this end of this episode but you know maybe at the end of next episode uh we'll have a story submitted by one of our listeners so if you also have a story that you want to submit send it to us and we'll read it at the end in our outro here um give you all the credit that you're due um or if you want to stay anonymous that's fine as well sure and from the bottom of our heart we, again we want to thank you for listening to the lost frequency podcast where we bring the periphery into focus we close with good night good luck and god bless all of you all of you on the good earth Long live the cause of freedom.